You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, our disappearing co-host, Jay Randall Murphy, is back. No, every so often, Mark Jackson will be guest co-host of the Paracast, as he was last week, where we had Brooks Agnew. And he, of course, is a scientist who takes a serious interest and has some serious information and theories to offer about the hollow earth theory. Now, Randall joined us when we did our After the Paracast segment. That was so fascinating. I couldn't, I wanted to hear more, but we had to stop it. It was one of our longest After the Paracast segments ever. And you get that with the Paracast Plus, in case your listeners want to know. What's your perception so far, Randall, of the hollow earth theory? Wow, that episode was really in-depth in terms of the understanding needed to be able to determine whether or not the ideas he was presenting were legitimate in a scientific sense. And he did mention that it's very controversial, quite a bit of his uh, stuff. But when you got to looking into some of the things he was talking about, Although I was very skeptical to begin with, you know, you can't just write things off. So I went to look it up, like the EM drive, for example, that he was talking about. It's a real thing. Apparently, it really works. Yes, it does seem to defy the laws of physics. And so no wonder people were skeptical. But it's one of these mysteries in physics right now as to how the thing works. Now, the hollow earth is a little bit different. I would say that there isn't sufficient scientific evidence to justify the idea that the earth is hollow like i was saying on the show uh it was supposedly proven back in the late 1700s that uh, the hollow earth theory which was before that considered to be something possible simply couldn't be the case because of the relative density of the earth in other words i really don't think that we're dealing with an area above the earth's core where the outer core is right now that produces the Earth's magnetic field, I, I just can't see how that could any, in any way be some large void area inside of which some civilization could exist. It just, it's just way too out there and contradicts way too much scientific evidence. But he wants to get a ship and go up there and look. And, you know, that's the spirit of adventure and real life investigation. So uh, if he can do it and make it work, and I'm sure it would be really interesting. And it'd be great to have him back on to talk about it. If he ever gets that voyage going. Of course, I always had this theory that if there's no physical hollow earth, there is a hollow earth, but you cross a dimensional portal to get there. Oh, right. The whole idea that Earth has a spiritual component and that the two were separating. And that, to me, really gets into some, oh, really controversial uh, philosophy, to put it that way. Like, uh, we'd have to assume that planetary bodies, like other planets, are conscious. And then we get into the whole Gaia belief system where. People, some people do believe the Earth is a conscious entity in and of itself. Personally, I don't subscribe to that theory. I think we need something that is organized in a very specific and complex way, like a brain, in order to have consciousness emerge. It just doesn't emerge out of 
inanimate objects. And that's my position, but who knows for sure? I mean, consciousness is still a mystery, so maybe there is something to it. It's just that the context in which it's presented doesn't seem to be very coherent. Of course, you posit a logical universe. If the universe isn't logical, all bets are off. Let's talk to our guest, Greg Lawson. He's the paranormal detective. Greg, have you ever looked into hollow earth lore? Uh, I've, I've read about hollow earth lore, but I haven't really uh, studied it per se. So does it sound wacky to you also or what? Well, <laughs> you know. Don't hold uh, back. No, the, okay. So the funny thing is, is, is obviously the way that uh, rock and and things form, they form pockets of air or, or empty spaces, or there's chemicals that are there that eat away at the rock and turn it into crystals. And there, there's all kinds of things that are going on geologically underneath us. Um, the, the whole uh, idea that, let's say the the earth is like a Dyson sphere or, or a, an outer shell and that there's something on the inside providing some sort of energy to beings on the inside of the earth. One of the things that you'd have to overcome is, is the whole issue of volcanoes on the surface of the earth. And, and, you know, how would that be managed between this, what would be a thin core or, or not even a core, I'm sorry, uh, you know, some sort of shell but, you know, I, I really enjoy um, uh, reading about such things in, uh, in literature. Let's put it that way. So, Greg, tell us how one becomes a paranormal detective. Well, <laughs> I had a, I, I've been working with a lot of different paranormal groups. And uh, um, a few years ago, uh, I wrote a book called Zombie Advocacy. Just by the title, you realize it only sold a couple of copies because nobody wants to advocate for zombies. They want to shoot them in the head. That's the, the, the common. So all my life, I have gravitated to the unusual or the scary. I, you know, I, I like uh, good horror movies or, or, you know, not the hack and slash stuff, but the stuff that makes you think. My brother used to take me out on his motorcycle. He was 12 years older than I. And when I was five, he was 17 and he would take me out on his motorcycle and we would go around to graveyards in central Texas and we'd get off the motorcycle and walk around. And, and what he would do is he would try to find a kid that's younger than I was. And then he'd make up a story to scare me and that we'd just kind of walk around and, and, and explore the, the graveyards. And that's kind of what I did through elementary, junior high and high school. And w when I went in the military and traveled overseas, I gra gravitated to just unusual places. And I like to do research on that. I think the first book I ever had to do a book report on was, I think I was in like fifth or sixth grade and I picked out In Search for Atlantis. So it's been something kind of ingrained in me or, or developed in me from a really young age to ask questions and go look for strange things. It was a brother's fault. Actually, it's my it brother's. Yeah. yeah. I had a brother 11 years older, and he used to play. This was the days of old-time radio when I was very young. He would find the most frightening shows to play for me. He'd also play The Shadow, which was not frightening. Oh, but, yeah. Right. Great. Who knows? What do you, no, we don't want to do that because I can do The Shadow laugh, too, but I don't want to do that because our listeners will tune out. But he got me interested. In fact, I got interested in UFOs because he left a flying saucer book on his coffee table when he was at work. And my mom and I had visited his apartment. And he was 
apparently late coming home that evening. And so his wife said, why don't you take the book home and read it? Because she saw I was interested. It was a library book. I had to return it. That was my obligation. But I was hooked. So, you know, we have these older brothers who have much younger siblings, and they try to, you know, corrupt them or get them into trouble. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, interestingly, that's how I got into it as well. My older brother, too. Him and his girlfriend at the time when I was around about six years old, something like that, they had a sighting here in Calgary and came back and they were talking about it. Well, my dad, he was a geologist, so he was and from Kansas, so you can imagine sort of his reaction. But the sighting did end up in the newspaper because apparently there were some other people who saw it as well from a different vantage point. And it was quite an interesting story. And I believed him and his girlfriend. And I believed that other people had seen it too. And it got me to thinking, well, how could such a thing be possible? And I remember thinking, you know, the only way that these things could move the way they do, it's got to be some kind of anti-gravity. And this is me at six years old. So <laughs> you can imagine where it's gone from there. But well, I'm you'll 60. never reach seven if we don't do this break. I'm serious. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay, we've got Greg and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771.
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Our special guest is Greg Lawson. He is the paranormal detective, and he's explaining how his brother, as brothers are wont to do, corrupted him, and changed his entire life. Is that fair to say? Yeah, he, he pretty much he, he pretty much pointed me in a strange direction. And, you know, after being in the military and then getting out and becoming a cop and then going back in the military and then getting out and becoming a cop and then going back in the military and then getting out and being a cop, I got a really broad uh, view of... Uh, different cultures and and different places and different beliefs, uh, along with my investigative side of being a regular criminal, homicide, child abuse, you know, all that stuff, uh, detective. And uh, I now, um, I'm, I work for a, an agency in Texas, and I am a aquatic death investigations sergeant for, I have a lake patrol and an underwater recovery team. So that's what I, I specialize in now. So I'm still looking for things. And so I, I kind of tell people, yeah, I look for dead people for a living, and I look for dead people <laughs> when I'm off as a hobby. You, you know, know what's interesting here, if he says, as they, as they did in the movie The Sixth Sense, I see dead people, it's true with you. But seriously speaking here, you got this interest, you went into the military, you were a military cop or what, before you became a civilian cop? 
No, uh, I never intended to be a cop. I was supposed to be an artist. <laughs> My whole family kind of has a uh, an artsy um, vibe to them, I guess. And uh, and so. I had uh, gotten laid off from my job and it was a bad time uh, in the, the uh, early 80s. And so I didn't have any other training or anything like that. And my father had been in the army and my, my brother had been in the Navy. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and bounce and, and, and go do the army thing for a while. And so I was an infantry parachutist with 82nd Airborne Division. And then, uh, so I, I got to do a lot of traveling there. I spent um, about six months over in the Middle East and I spent... A couple of years up in Alaska, a couple of winters up in Alaska, and uh, and and then into Central uh, America. So I, I got I got a lot of travel while I was there, uh, and then when I got out, I was going to go to school for 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 art, and uh, I didn't like being poor. So my sister said, "Hey, get a job over at the sheriff's office. They're hiring." And and the rest is history. Now I just I'm one of those reluctant cops. Well, being a, an officer of the law, I imagine you've heard a lot of stories and a lot of explanations from people for why things happen and the, and the things that they say and do. So you, I would assume, have a pretty good sense about whether or not somebody who's had one of these paranormal experiences is pulling your leg or not. Well, and that, and that's one of those things that I think you develop over time when you're an investigator. Um, people use the word skeptic uh as um as something that it's it's bad and it's not uh skepticism is what you have to have as an investigator you can't just go in with true believer syndrome yes that's a ghost that's a demon that's a you know whatever it is uh or you can't also just shut it all off and say no none of that's true nothing happens this is a complete accident we're going to live and die this planet will die there's nothing more to it um i i don't subscribe to either one of those uh, i think it's someplace in the middle i think it's uh, something maybe we're not meant to understand but as an investigator i was assigned as a mental health uh investigator for a couple of years and that's uh, a critical incident team member so uh a lot of agencies have different ways of setting things up, but um, we would get called out on when somebody is ha having a, uh, a psychotic episode or they're barricaded uh, or a hostage situation where the negotiators that go out and, and work through that and then also recognize mental illness and, and we can take them to a facility to get them evaluated and, and get them some help. Uh, during those years of, of doing that, I met I would say over a hundred people that claimed abduction, uh, UFO abduction. And so talking with them, you know, there's always a kind of a constant theme and it, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of the, these experiences, they rely on inductive reasoning. Something's happened to them and they make up a reason why it happened. They don't do deductive reasoning as, as in having some evidence and then, saying, well, this is what happened. They kind of do it in reverse. So that's one of those things that w when you're investigating or you're talking to people, um, credibility is a huge deal. And it, But that doesn't mean that if somebody is, let's say, a diagnosed schizophrenic, that they did not have this experience just because they're a schizophrenic. 
it could be completely medical and a delusion, or it could be something else. So as a, as a good investigator, you have to take in all that information and consider, you know, what the reality really is. Absolutely. I, I mean, inductive reasoning can be useful if we yes. don't have verifiable, scientifically valid material evidence. Right. But you it, have to come up with it, some sort of hypothesis of what it could be. Right. And yeah. it could be wrong. We have to accept that, well, it seems to fit this particular idea pretty good. So maybe, you know, it might be right, but we can't just assume that it is right. Right. Yep. I agree. It's just how you apply it. And I'll use the inductive reasoning thing of, let's say you get a, uh, I have a lot of people and I always make, make a joke about it. I'm like, oh my God, they want to want me to look at their orb pictures again. You know, they, they got their phone up. Like, I want you to show you, show you this picture. And there's an orb, uh, you know, and they said, you know, that's grandma or that's, a, you know, some sort of spirit or a demon or something like that. And there's no evidence whatsoever, nothing to support the fact that this orb is a demon other than inductive reasoning, they are making up a reason why that orb might be there and ignoring digital artifacts that happen uh, in a digital media in a camera that doesn't happen in an analog camera. If you're taking regular film, um, you're not going to have those kind of artifacts in there. So, and, and, and that is a hypothesis. You could say, I, I think that might be a demon. Well, <laughs> it might be, but you know, the, the evidence would say probably not. I can recreate that fairly easily. Yeah. And, and, and so, people have done it. They, this, well, yeah. okay. You know, this is a, this is a photographic artifact from a digital camera, but you know, this is really interesting. And just, just before we, um, get, get into it a little bit more, I wanted to ask you, uh, in terms of the paranormal, you mentioned it, Atlantis, we've got afterlives, there's cryptozoology, there's psychic phenomena. What's your main focus in the realm of the paranormal? Our main focus is to get past this announcement. Okay, <laughs> got to do that sort of stuff, and then we'll get back and listen to more of this. But first, let me tell you that Greg has also agreed to join us on After the Powercast. After the Powercast is only available if you subscribe to the Powercast Plus for more details. Go ahead and take a visit to plus.theparacast.com. With Greg, Randall, and Gene, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. 
Bluehost.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The National Weather Service in New Orleans is warning of life-threatening flash flooding Sunday as heavy rains pound Louisiana, Texas, and Mississippi. Areas can expect between 2 to 4 inches of rain and some parts locally could see up to 6 inches of rain. National Weather Service meteorologist Charles Ressler with some reminders. Don't drive through high water. It's, it's very difficult to determine the depth of the water at night, and so just exercise some common, common sense. Acting Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan was in McAllen, Texas on Saturday, and he says he intends to accelerate the plan to secure the border without the Pentagon's continuous help. Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council, says the only reason the Pentagon has to step in is because... Congress isn't doing their job. The president is left to use his authorities to actually look at ways that he can solve a crisis. Judd was speaking on Fox News, and you're listening to USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. What does Meals on Wheels do? They deliver meals and smiles to homebound seniors. But Meals on Wheels does something else. They turn a volunteer's lunch break into a meaningful experience. As small and as simple as the relationship is between a volunteer and a client of Meals on Wheels, it's really so impactful. I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Okay, so a watch is good and some jewelry. Better grab some flowers, too. Hey, what you doing? Uh, Mother's Day, remember? Oh, yeah. So I'm making lists, got to plan a trip to the store, then need to save all the receipts in case she wants to return. Uh, you know there's an easier way, right? I'm guessing you do? Yes, and I'm going to show you the easy, quick way to shop for mom and save 30% at sunshine-pillows.com. Ah, pillows. Mm -hmm. Great idea. Oh, not just pillows. Sunshine-pillows.com has the best selection of custom heated neck wraps and heated neck pillows. She always says she has stress. And aches and pains, right? Look, they have hot and cold therapy products. Ooh, it says we can buy any select combo up to $150 uh -huh. and get 30% off. Yep, just use this promo code MOM30. You know, for a little brother, you're pretty smart. Get something for every mom on your list and save 30% when you spend up to $150 on any select combo. Now through Mother's Day only at sunshine-pillows.com. Use promo code MOM30. Sunshine-pillows.com. Your complete line of therapeutic pillows and pads. This is Jacques Vallée, you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Randall asked the question of Greg Lawson, our guest this week. What is your response? So, my, my main focus in what I do is investigations. So, it doesn't matter whether you're investigating um, insurance fraud or whether you're investigating a homicide involving, you know, an arson. You still have to follow the same procedures. So, I have a background. I was raised Catholic. So, I have this um, spiritual or religious background uh, that, you know, formed the way I think things could be. So 
that brings me to the paranormal. Obviously, there's a lot of beliefs in the Catholic system that you would say, wow, that's paranormal. That's a paranormal activity there. So I'm interested in that. So I, I kind of help people refine their investigative processes to point them in a better direction and try to get, you know, industry standard and, you know, just not make it up as you go. An ad hoc investigator just kind of goes out there and stumbles around in the dark with some night vision gear and, and you know, gets scared of noises and, and, and things like that, which is really entertaining in TV, I guess. Uh, but that's not really good investigative work. And, and most of the investigative work that's going on out there, um, if there was a court uh, that was being held and you would need to give uh, testimony and evidence in that court to receive an indictment that this event occurred, they wouldn't, they wouldn't meet up to it because once you get in there, they're going to have to strip away all these, uh, you know, unproven detection methods and, and stuff like that. So I stick specifically with things in the physical, not the metaphysical. Although, I have a strong belief in the metaphysical. I think there's a lot of things that we're just not meant to meant to know, and uh, it's 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 being hidden from us. Okay, uh, maybe we could get a little more specific. There, we have different fields of interest in. So, for example, uh, uh, I'm a ufologist, and I see a lot of other uh, paranormal subject matter as being tangential to that uh other people investigate bigfoot other people are more into psychic phenomena and that sort of thing so do you have a particular area that you like to specialize in so i i've been i i do a lot of talks around the united states and a lot of times they asked me to do a, a roswell talk for about for about 12 years i i went to roswell every year for the uh, ufo conference um, I know quite a few of the investigators up there. I've worked with a couple of the investigators up there. Um, I, I believe that collaboratively, uh, all of them have covered it, uh, about as much as you can cover without popping a spaceship out of a, uh, <laughs> out of a warehouse or something. And so I have a very strong, um, uh, background in Roswell. I've, like I said, I've been touted as a ufologist, but I'm not really. I, I know, you know, I've, I've been to Rendlesham Forest. I've been to some of the locations uh, in Michigan and stuff where things have been seen. But my real, uh, I would say, if I have an expertise in UFO um, information or abduction information, it comes from people I've talked to that uh, have claimed abduction experiences, uh, the Roswell um, incident and I was a uh, operations specialist when I was in the Navy. So uh, it's one of the few jobs in the Navy where you don't actually fix something. Most most everything in the Navy, you're some sort of technician because you're out at sea and you have to fix stuff when it breaks. And so as an operations specialist, we, we uh, focus in on more of detection and interpretation and then dissemination of what we found, what we saw. So... You know, I've been to a couple of schools where um, things happen at those um, those schools that 
that didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, uh, uh, radar contacts that travel way faster than they should be traveling and change direction and speed, especially if they're outside of the um, um, outside of the envelope. If we're if we're looking at let's say Space Command, watching outside of um, what we would be doing as far as ballistic missile protection toward the on the earth if we're looking outside normally a, a space body is not going to change speed and it's not going to change direction so i have those experiences of seeing that and you know of course um oh wait they, a minute here you it, said you just you had you've seen that or just read about it and researched it oh no no i've yeah i've seen that that on scopes on on particular um monitors that uh so that that's another thing it gets very complicated when you're okay let's, let's say, get into that like yeah. what kind of monitors are you talking about well um on i'm trying to work this out in my head on how i'm gonna break this down so you have a sensor a sensor of some some type and it's picking up uh magnetic energy right it's, it's picking up emf or it's looking for um, infrared or ultraviolet. It's looking for different things, right? Yeah. Are you talking yeah. about uh, equipment that's aboard a, yes. a ship yeah. or something like that? It, it could or be just something you carry or, with you, like portable no, stuff? Oh, no, no. Oh, no. no none of this is portable. This is all, uh, you know, uh, in facility, uh, facility okay. structure. So, so which facilities are you talking about where you were observing this? Well, I, I'm I'm not comfortable with that because I'm not quite sure what's declassed and what's not. This oh, okay. 19, so you're actually talking about something military then? Yeah, this is 1992 to 94, um, and I, okay. I'm sure a lot of it's declassed. But I'm I'm uh, okay. Just we don't have to go into specifics if you're uncomfortable, but just to give our listeners a general idea, because uh, otherwise, if we had just skipped past that, uh, I think that's a really important. Uh, feature. So, you know, without being too specific, you were um, privy to um, high-tech military monitoring yes, uh, situations yeah. where you were observing what sounds like uh, craft in either orbit or outside our atmosphere, right. or even in our atmosphere, possibly. Uh, n not these particular ones. It would be outside of our atmosphere. But so, satellite type. What Right, right. Okay. What I would, um, as far as an operations specialist, we uh, operate on, uh, or when I was in, we used a, a system called um, JOTS. Uh, it's a Joint Operation Tasks, um, Joint Operation Tactical Systems, and and uh, I forget what the other acronym is, but anyway, it's it's a it's a system to where all the the ships and aircraft and everything can talk to each other, right? Of so course, we, sh yeah. we share a real real time uh, uh, picture of what the battlefield is or what they what the the yep. area is. Gotcha. And so, um, when I was doing my uh, um my hands-on i guess after the school that i was not shipborne i was i was land-based and so these items are looking at different things and so you know an aircraft when when you're using radar on it you can get a a you know course and speed and altitude uh, these other systems they work on a lot of different things they're they're a uh, interdisciplinary kind of um 
yeah. uh, view of what's going on. Yeah, I kind of and, understand what you're talking about. I mean, I know they've got some pretty high-tech stuff. I know they don't talk about it a lot, but I know that they've got systems that can not only detect craft on radar in conjunction with other types of technology, they can put it together with databases and find and see exactly what kind of aircraft it is if it's in there and know what it is that they're looking at get all kinds of tactical updates just i mean like i know that so you know these it's amazing what they what they must have the stuff it's amazing, that they, i mean it's amazing that we have to keep breaking every so often to <laughs> take care of pieces of business i don't want to have a fancy segue i'll just say we have greg lawson gene steinberg jay randall murphy you're in the paracast <laughs> For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, 
you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Greg. Yes, sir. We're pinning you down everything you're doing here, so we'll let us continue. Okay. Yeah, so you were just telling us about these uh, returns or right. the information that you were seeing. So what were you seeing exactly? So, well, I don't know what I was seeing. That uh, On the scopes that we use, it's a, it's a three-dimensional scope. So you can actually see a depth in the scope. And uh, what typically does, you have an area that you're looking at. And when a contact comes into that area, then you capture that contact via video. You, you, you go and, and identify that contact uh, using a track number. And that track number is assigned. And then they will look at it to try to figure out what it is. And in most aircraft... Um, we're going to know what it is pretty quickly because all, all these aircraft are going to have, uh, you know, let's say it's a uh, it's flying 550 knots and it's in a air corridor at at 40,000 feet uh, in a particular area. Well, that's going to be a passenger jet. So you're going to know that pretty quick. And if it's if it's sending out any kind of signal, if it's squawking any signal, then you're going to know what frequency that is, and and you're going to be able to pick out what aircraft that is, where it originated from, and that sort of thing. So things that are outside the air corridors are a little bit harder, but let's say military aircraft that are flying, they will uh, be running radar, and that radar will have a signature, and you'll know what what type of radar is attached to what plane. So you can identify uh, individual planes and, and, and you know, where they originated and that sort of thing. It's, so the the... the mantra of operation specialist in the navy is if it moves we track it so that's what was going on when i was in in 94 now that's a long time ago and you can just imagine how much more advanced their systems are now and i can assure you if if a commercial airliner takes off anywhere in the world wherever it goes they know where it is in the ocean, they know where it is. Oh yeah, uh, you know if, that's if, why. If, if somebody, I mean, yeah, intercepts how, it, takes it someplace else, they know where it is. I'm thinking. But, so why is it that we don't know where the missing airliner that crashed out in the middle of the ocean? What was it back in 2016? Now or 17? Yeah. You know, well, you got to think somebody must know where that thing is. Well, and and there's good reasons not to say it. it 
I, I think if there was a, a moral reason, if, if, if somebody was alive or could be alive, uh, they may uh, compromise uh, their position and their if there's any kind of secrets to know, they might compromise that to save lives. If there's no lives to save, they're not going to tell the world, hey, we're tracking everybody all the time, everywhere. We know exactly where everything <laughs> is. They're not going to do that. Yeah, you know, I guess because then by doing that, they would give away some of their capabilities that oh, they yeah. would rather maybe people didn't exactly know about. I, I, that makes perfect sense. So now, it, yeah, we had a situation. One of them was uh, there was a UFO over the Northwest, actually. And we, I shouldn't say UFO, but an unidentified target uh, that was seen on radar and a, a craft of some type that was seen actually by pilots as well over Oregon. And I think this was November 2017. Do you, do you know which one I'm talking about? Did you? I run across that one. Oh, it was pretty interesting. It was, they ended up scrambling, I think it was some F-15s to try and track it down. And they would go up and the thing would just disappear. And it was sort of reminiscent of this sort of 1952 DC case where they'd send up aircraft and then the thing would go away and the aircraft would come down and it would reappear again. So these things still do happen out there. But let's yes. return to what it was that you were seeing on these screens. How did these objects or contacts, uh, returns, whatever you want to call them, behave? Well, because of my level of, um, you know, my, my security level, I wasn't privy to what the intelligence and analysts would decide what it is. I would identify it. I would, you know, pick out these parameters. Wow, this is weird. It's changing course. It's changing speed. And uh, and it could be following uh, a coastline, uh, let's say down down the, the coast of California very quickly. And it could have been a complete anomaly. Uh, but typically anomalies don't perform that way. And whoever the, uh, the tracking supervisor would be, whenever we would have any kind of anomalous contact like that, we would assign a track number to it. And then they would come over to our system and then reassign that track number to whoever else. And that would disappear off my screen and I wouldn't see it anymore. Oh, so, so that's yeah, really it, interesting. It went to a higher level of, of uh, you know, person than I. I was, uh, you know, enlisted E5 at the time. And so, um, yeah, I'm just kind of the guy out in the field kicking the hay around and, and compared to, to what's what's really going on behind the curtain there. But. Wow. That's really interesting. Thanks for uh, allowing us to dig into that a little bit. Uh, not long ago, we had another person who had worked in the, for the defense intelligence agency, uh, Irina Scott, who worked in photography and said that she saw photographs of these craft taken by satellites and uh she said well they looked like metallic craft to me and she was a photographic analyst and then someone would come to her and say oh well you know it's just a glitch in the uh, system and uh, then it would just sort of disappear and so yeah that's know, that's typically how it's handled right there you know that the track supervisor doesn't doesn't make eye contact with you and doesn't speak with you uh for two days and all of a sudden you have an anomalous contact and he's over there rubbing your shoulders going so how are you, <laughs> how are you doing where are you from you liking your you know you like your cross training what's you know you like the okay all right bye and then it's gone yeah. and then he walks away and that's it. 
That's so, pretty fascinating yeah. stuff because, you know, we out here in the civilian world, we know that's got to be going on. But to actually hear someone from the inside uh, describe that situation happening is really uh, some excellent content. And uh, I just wow. remembered it's, uh, the, uh, the other system I worked on. And this isn't real super secret stuff. The, the NTCSA, the Naval Tactical Command Systems Afloat. That was a system that I primarily worked on, and and you had uh, surface and and air that you could work with as far as radar and and other other types of uh, detection devices using those, but that's primarily within the atmosphere. That is, uh, the other stuff is is just a different. It's kind of doing the same thing. They're just using different uh, means to to accomplish it. So what do you think of this whole advanced aerospace threat identification program thing then? Because, you know, now the Navy is saying, well, we're getting new UFO reporting or UAP is now seems to be the buzzword. We're still talking UFOs, some kind of alien crap, whatever it happens to be. What do you think of, of that whole thing then? Because all along, it sounds to me like they have been tracking these, but we just didn't know a lot about it. And this program came along and because it got exposed now we're hearing about it more but it's not as if they weren't doing it anyway yeah i assure you they are tracking everything and everything has a number and it can be sequenced and then you know you can be researched uh where they're keeping this stuff i don't know you know there's a there's a depending on the storage capability of, of all this stuff but one day you know 50 years from now or something like that hopefully uh there will be people like you and i that that will be digging off into that and some of this stuff get declassed then uh, and maybe we'll get a little bit closer um i think it's fascinating and i think it's brave uh for the navy to step up and say this you know the best thing you could do in law enforcement or um if you're a business owner that is in some sketchy stuff or you know when the when the news comes by don't talk to them don't say hello. Don't go, just go in and out. It'll give it 15, 20 days. It'll all go away and it'll be fine. The moment you open your mouth and give one answer, there's going to be 50 other questions by these reporters and people like you and I. So for the Navy to go, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and talk about this a little bit uh, is incredibly brave because they opened a huge can of worms for everybody, you know, uh, on the, on the, security side and on the civilian side so absolutely i mean pilots like david fravor if you watch some of his interviews and he was the like, flight commander for his squadron off the aircraft carrier i guess uh he seems so credible i mean those people are so highly trained they're screened for intelligence and psychological profiles and all the rest for a person like that to get a contingent of other pilots up to make enough noise within the Navy for them to take it seriously enough to initiate some responsible, without all of the cynicism and the discreditation that used to go on with reporting UFOs, I think it is brave. I think it's absolutely fantastic that those pilots have stepped up and done that. We've got more to come with Greg. Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Randall was stating a point about the reliability of these people. Greg? Yeah, and and you're exactly right as far as the background and the psychological um, you know, assessments that have to be done on pilots. But I always want to throw this in there and and do not get me wrong about it, but they're still human beings and they're subject to their own values, their own assumptions, you know, their own expectations and their own beliefs. And a lot of times we create our own reality in our brain. We think about something and we can make constructs in our brain that will lead, lead us to believe other things. The whole uh, pareidolia thing as far as if you have fight or flight and your amygdalas or parts of your brain are triggering to try to keep you alive, there's all kinds of things that come up. Something that the the Air Force and and the, the Navy calls it something different, but something that the Air Force did years ago, many years ago, is is uh study the what they termed as the OODA loop, the observe, orient, decide, and act. Because that's what a pilot does. He, he's flying. He's observing his instruments. He's he's observing how his his plane is feeling. And he's observing with his eyes and ears. And when something happens, and he has to orient to that, and then decide what he's going to do to resolve it, and then he's going to have to do the thing. 
when you get stressed out and when there's other phenomenon going on, your OODA loop gets screwed up. <laughs> so you start deciding before you're orienting kind of thing. You observe and then you just decide on what you're going to do. And then you might not act because you skip that over that and you're back to observing again. And it, it it's that thing of you're, somebody's chasing you and you have your keys in your pocket. And all you have to do is get your keys out of your pocket, stick it in the door, turn it, open the door, lock, go inside the house, lock the door. But what do you do? You pull your keys out, then drop it to the floor. You pick it up. You're trying to, you know, you're shaking and you're doing all that stuff. So it's real interesting when, like you said, they talk about like in Roswell, as far as Jesse Marcel, you know, he was the intelligence officer there. Uh, He had to have been top of his game. Well, if you look into that, man, he's just a guy. He's an officer there. He's squared away. He's smart. You know, he's got security clearances and stuff like that, but we're still human beings and i think we are really capable of tricking ourselves into things and i'm not saying that what they're saying is not true because i've seen the electronic evidence of that and remember that electronic evidence is coming from an antenna it has to go down through a wire through all kinds of modems and has to be reinterpreted and then put up on a monitor that monitor has to be oriented so there's all kinds of changes that are going on We just need to keep that in the background of, you know, we believe what we see, but it might not be exactly what it is. Well, it it might not be what we think it is, our interpretation. Again, we're back to that inductive reasoning. So, you know, in this case, we had all the sensors aboard the carrier group. I guess it was out there and uh, they were tracking it for a number of days. And so they they actually gave the pilots uh, directions how to get there. So you have you know, the radar visual thing. And so all he's doing, he's describing what he sees. Well, you know, he's not saying, well, I think it's from Zeta Reticuli and it's here to make (laughs) peace on earth. He's saying it looks, looked like some sort of a white tic-tac shaped craft that behaved in ways. I've don't believe any aircraft in our inventory or anyone's can at this particular time. And that's great testimonial evidence. Like I said, always look back on it as a crime. Uh, how am I going to prove this crime actually occurred? And so when you have a, a highly trained individual that's not crazy and is is out there and he's got eyes on something and he doesn't have any weird anomalies going on with his eyes, obviously he's a pilot, he's not going to have that sort of thing. He's not on any kind of medication that's going to you know, give him any kind of floaters in his eyes or whatever it is. Right. And then, And then you have ground crew that is picking up on digital evidence, radar evidence that, okay, something's there. And now we have eyes on. It's a huge tic-tac-shaped looking white thing. That's great testimonial evidence. And it gets us closer to what I hope it is. (laughs) I hope it is uh, somebody from another planet. I think that's fantastic. I don't like the idea of, you know, if we go on the human model, humans do exploration so that we can go there and take advantage of the resources and take over the place. You know, all you got to do is just look at (laughs) everything, every, you know, every society on the planet has ever done. They go and take other people's stuff. That's what happens. I'm hoping that if these are beings from another planet, that they're not human. (laughs) I don't want them to be human. Human would be bad. You know, they could yeah, be we don't want this to be a, some kind of prelude to an invasion. That's no, for sure. No, no. 
we serve man, right? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Like Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, huh? And that's that's the thing that gets really slippery is you know a disciplinarian uh, approach. If, if you're a priest, you're going to say that you know this particular vision was an angel or a demon. Uh, if you are a ufologist, you could interpret that particular thing as a some sort of experience of an actual being. Uh, if you are a ghost hunter, you're saying it's a ghost. If you're, you know, uh, into time travel or into hollow earth theory, well, it's going to be something else. Everybody kind of relates the experience to whatever discipline that they they grab onto. And to kind of go full circle, the question that you asked me, what do I specialize in? I specialize in investigation. I'm mainly interested in phenomenology and and anomalistics and things that don't make a lot of sense in the conventional sense. And I like to look at those and try to make sense of that. You've made so many great points there. And we see this all the time. We've had other guests who say the same thing. And this brings us back around to your uh, inductive reasoning point. If we've got people who believe in ghosts and afterlives, then they're going to be looking at the evidence in a way that helps to confirm their belief in whatever model of an afterlife it is that they want to personally believe in. And yet, we can't really say that that's what's going on. There really is no evidence that there are afterlives in the way that people typically think of them. It, right. And, and you know, these uh, these Navy pilots that see these things may interpret them as, you know, enemy spy aircraft or enemy spy craft of some, ha- some sort uh, or alien craft of some sort. But somebody else could come right along and go, it, it would make a lot more sense if it's t- a time traveler. You know, they could be jumping around in time. So that's why they move so fast. And then they disappear and they're there and they're not. And you know they're they're not letting you get close to them because they want to sit and observe what's going on so we're, they're not going to do that you know it's funny cuz you hear people say i want empirical evidence i want empirical evidence well they've never looked up the word empirical <laughs> you know cuz this <laughs> sir francis basic uh, Bacon, the father of the scientific method said that you know uh, empirical evidence empiricism it means experiential it yeah, means observable. That you're there and observable, not, yeah. you know, say, but, but if you talk to most people and you say, you know, I want empirical evidence, they want like, you know, the bloody knife or the, you know, what, you know, some sort of object or something. It's not that at all. It's what you observe and you're able to take from that observation, whether you're using your eyes, your ears, or some other mechanism, uh, a scope of some sort or some sort of measurement tool. That's, that's the empirical evidence that we're looking for. Well, that's such a great point. And it's why when people listen to me talk, I'll use this phrase that I I call scientifically valid material evidence, because that's a completely different thing than just sort of a general idea of empirical evidence. Right. So you you have these these pilots that are observing something well what what in science can help validate that experience you know the the uh the track of the the radar it's still not direct evidence it's evidence but it's not physically connected to that tic-tac shape thing good time to break with greg 
Randall and Gene, you're in The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Anyone can fall victim to moving fraud. 
Know your rights and responsibilities. There was never really a valid contract. Movers must always give written estimates. I was bound to an estimate, but it was after the fact. Be sure that any document is complete before signing it, and that it includes information to determine the final charges. It was a version that I had not seen before. Visit protectyourmove.gov to download a free moving fraud prevention guide. Search for registered movers and view their complaint histories. Move with confidence. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Greg, reciting the evidence parameters and such. Go ahead, please. So as far as evidence goes, Radar is is great evidence, but it's not direct evidence. It's not a bloody knife. It's not you know some sort of physical thing that we can grab a hold of. Um, and I, I always I always find it interesting when when people talk about quantum mechanics. You you'll hear hear people bringing up a little bit. And very few people really understand it. But I like it when they when somebody says, "Well, you know, nobody understands this stuff." Well, yeah, they do. That's the the iPhone works on quantum theory. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things about quantum mechanics that people understand. It's just the problem that we have these geometric assumptions. We have this this idea of a three dimensional um, space that we live in plus time, and that that gives us to our ability to move through this three dimension. So some people say four dimension. Well, string theory is there. You can read anywhere, and this is, you know, Scientific American. These are accredited, uh, you know, um, good sources. They're saying possibly 11 to 13 to 15 dimensions that are happening all around us. And and it's just we we have not been made, created, or evolved in a way that uh, this other stuff that's bouncing around all around us matters to us, you know, because like – we can't see infrared, ultraviolet. We can't see, you know, atomic waves, microwaves, that sort of stuff. And, and if we could see that, I wouldn't be able to see the microphone in front of my face because there would be so much basically just like static or, or you know, like when you look at an old, old TV that doesn't have a, you know, any signal coming through, it's just snow, right? Right. Yeah. That's going the, on all around us. They're all, all the time. around us. That's a really interesting topic, all in and of itself, because this whole topic of EM hypersensitivity and that sort of thing, that's actually starting to be taken more seriously now. And if you look up the term Schumann resonance and eh, check it out, because it's, it's, that has a big impact on our actual human nervous system as well. So, uh, pretty interesting stuff, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's mind-boggling when you do it. So when you're throwing all this stuff in there, uh, like I said, my background is I just collect information, collect information. I got three feet of uh, of of stuff I've collected from Roswell, and I'm sitting there going, I'm going to write the Ro- my Roswell book, and here I am, you know, 12, 13 years into it, and I'm just like, I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more, you yeah. know, because Tom Carey and and Don Schmidt. And and a whole host of others, uh, Kevin Randall, Ke- Kevin Randall, um, they they've done such a great job, and they've they've made sense of a lot of things. That I'm just kind of sitting back, going, "Well, what do I have to add to this?" You know, I'm I'm still trying to figure out what what I have to add. I have I have a few things that are pretty minor, 
But that's kind of what I do. I just collect this information and one day maybe the light turns on and goes, oh, that's what that was. And, uh, and, it, and it'll make sense. But, you know, that's, that's kind of what I specialize in. So I do, you know, everything from metaphysical studies to uh, ufology to, you know, uh, ghost uh, research. I don't, I don't, I'm not a ghost uh, hunter. I'm more of a paranormal researcher and paranormal explorer, I guess. So I, I try to read about, do the research about something, and then travel to that location and, and see what I come up with. Now, getting back to Roswell very briefly, did you read Kevin Randall's last book on the subject, Roswell in the 21st Century? I did not, and I have it sitting right here in front of me. I got a stack of books sitting right here, and I I really like Kevin Randall a lot. I I have a huge amount of respect for him. I've never met him, but I have a huge amount of respect for him. I need to I need to crack this thing open. We'll stick Kevin on you. He's one of our favorite guests on the show. This book he kind of approaches Roswell as a cold case, which you'll appreciate considering your background. And he says that some of the evidence that he felt pretty sure of, he's not so sure about because there's not that confirmation. You find as you trace back the evidence to its source, it doesn't hold up as well where the witnesses were not as reliable. So although he thinks something strange happened there, he's not prepared to be as favored towards a spaceship theory or as favored towards the possibility that alien bodies were recovered. Just point that you haven't read the book when you do, you know, you might disagree with him. In any case, in your research into Roswell, have you discovered anything that may have been missed by the other researchers? No, I, I think that everybody has covered it pretty well. Um, people have different perspectives on what what had happened. You know, Stan Freeman's uh, book on uh, crash at Corona that makes a lot of sense. Actually, when you sit back and, and look at that, um, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but once again, you know. Um, so I, I do um, I, I do talks and I do workshops on cold case investigation, and there there are specific industry standards that you you go by doing cold case, but there's also things outside of what a normal investigation would be, uh, especially dealing with cold case. And so you know when I look at what's going on, there there's no better cold case than Roswell, right? That thing went away. But if you investigate the individuals that were involved in it, that even becomes a better story. It's a, it's a more unusual story. Could you imagine being the, the commander of a base that has nuclear weapons and you tell the news that you found a flying saucer? <laughs> Your boss would fire you on the spot. Spot. <laughs> they would they would send in a whole team to get your you know your your furniture out of your office. Would get somebody else in there. What the hell are you doing? But yeah, things didn't go that way, did it? You know, uh, when when you're looking at uh, what happened to the individuals afterwards, you know, it makes you think about uh, um, what what were they telling the truth about, and what were they lying about? I'm, I've worked homicide cases where I've put people in jail for the rest of their life, and I don't have a clue of what happened at that scene. I have evidentiary, you know, uh, items and things like that that I can put things together, but the suspects have lied to me so many times 
there, there becomes a point to where you go, okay, I, I don't even know what's the truth anymore. And, and, and anything that they do tell me, you know, I can't, I can't rely on it. I can't, I can't go on it just because they've lied so much. And so that's kind of where the, the U.S. government is on this thing. They've, they've lied to us so much about this deal that, you know, it doesn't matter what they say at this point. Uh, nobody's going to believe them unless they roll the spaceship out of, you know, Wright-Patterson or something. Oh, that's well, such a good point. Yeah, go ahead, Gene. Was that you well, just breaking Yeah, I was just going to say. Well, I think the point is also that if they did roll out the spaceship, lots of people would not believe them. They believe it's fake news. They believe it's oh, a yeah. model of some kind. Sure. And yeah. I was saying, you know, years back when Obama was president, it seems like years, if he trotted out E.T., they'd say, nah, he's faking us out. But the current yeah. guy, if he trotted out E.T., we still wouldn't believe it. So there you go. But of course, that's the old thing about politicians. Right. How do you know they're lying when they open the one? Well, we won't go into that. Yeah. We've got <laughs> Greg Lawson, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Trump is suggesting in a tweet Saturday afternoon that China may wait him out regarding trade negotiations. The president tweeted that Chinese officials may be waiting until after 2020 and hope Democrats take the White House, claiming that they will get a better deal than they would with him in office. Vice President Mike Pence has a message for Liberty University graduates. More from USA Radio Network's Rick Vincent. While delivering the commencement address at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, Vice President Mike Pence said the last few months we've seen unspeakable attacks on people of faith. Jewish synagogues in Pennsylvania and California, on mosques in New Zealand, Christian churches in Sri Lanka. No one should ever fear for their safety in a place of worship, and these attacks on people of faith must stop. The Vice President also talked about the job market and Christian values. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. 
and donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144 Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144 Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 thousand dollars. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 503 8625 800-503-8625. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. No more politics. Although, of course, you see, when you get into the military, though, and its involvement, politics has to rear its ugly head. You can't get away from it. So you're kind of stuck at it. The other thing here, we're all hoping, or a lot of people are hoping for some kind of disclosure. The military is going to tell us what's really going on. And then we get this stuff from that Pentagon UFO study, which merely covers kind of what the Air Force did back in the 50s and 40s, except it's like it lives in a vacuum. Oh, my God, the government is investigating UFOs. They forget that was already done. So it's like we're just running in circles. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And back at the the Roswell thing, when when you have the colonel of the base, you know, throwing this craziness out and then them not disciplining him, them not sending him, you know, to a a psychiatric facility or, or taking him out of his job. They leave him there. And then he culminates. Blanchard got promoted all the way to general above general and was in joint chiefs of staff. How does that happen? How does a guy make a blunder? Like I found a a flying saucer to being in the joint chiefs of staff. So whatever he did at Roswell was fantastic. Whatever he did was Uh incredible for them to promote him all the way up that high uh, after what would look to be ridiculous. Yeah, that's a really good point. It kind of, well, it suggests that, wow, they they took him into the fold. Oh, yeah. Doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Whoever they are, you know, like. Yeah, that would. Be you know McMullins or uh, uh, McMullen or or well Debose was working for him, but anyway, that's that's there's so many different directions. There's so many rabbit holes on Roswell. It's a fascinating study. It's a fascinating cold case. Uh, Kevin Randall is exactly right. I mean, I, 
think about the amount of people that come forward and admit to doing criminal acts. And you, you wonder, well, why, why would they do that? But an example of this, I give this at a, all the time because I'm, I'm familiar with it. There was a, a situation in Austin where some young women were, were all killed together and then uh, the building was burnt down. During that investigation, uh, 42 people they were all proven not to have done it. And you sit back and wonder what in the heck is going on with human beings? Why would they want to do something like that uh, to cause attention to themselves just to get into, you know, into the news? Well, if you walk into a, a, um, a cafe in 1989 or 1990 in Roswell and announce, hey, I'm writing a book about Roswell. Does anybody have any information about that? Well, you're going to get half the damn you know, half the restaurant coming over to you and, and saying, yeah, you know, whatever family member saw something and then they interview them. So, you know, you, you can get 800, 900 witnesses in a, in a town of 40,000 people easy, but what's the credibility? You know, you're looking at, um, qualitative, you know, information or quantitative information. Does, does more people mean, you know, that it's true or better information mean that it's true? It's probably a combination of both. In a a murder case, if I have three people that have really good information and see that, I will take that over, you know, 60 people that were kind of in the area and heard some noise or might have seen a walk, you know, a flash of light or something. But it's it's all about the investigation. You know, it's all about the, the information that you're getting from your witnesses. Oh, absolutely. You know, both of the, I think those factors have to be given serious consideration depending on the circumstances. With respect to, say, the UFO phenomena in general, are how many of the tens of thousands of witnesses are we just going to arbitrarily write off as liars? <laughs> you right. know, in other words, say you're standing on the street. And a crowd of people comes by, you know, 250 people saying there's a fire approaching, you know, from the other end of town. You better get out of here. You know, are you going to go, well, I don't know, 250 people, you know, they could all be wrong. But what are the chances of that, right? Right, right. You know, are you going to stand there or are you going to go, okay, I think that makes sense. Let's get out of the way, out of the path of this thing. Yep. Devoid of physical evidence, it's really, really difficult to kind of work your way through the jungle of what's, you know, what this person's telling you is true and what's not. And when I'm interviewing somebody, I will typically just, you know, if I do an interview, I'm just, okay, what happened? And then they tell me what happened. Uh, And then I'll go back and and confirm specific things. Um, I don't always interview somebody and, and, and look for signs of deception. I'm just kind of getting to know them as we're going along. But there's there's all kinds of signs of deception that will come up. And uh, this person's telling you some sort of elaborate story or excuse why some behavior happened or something. There's all these signs of deceptions popping up everywhere. And it doesn't mean the person committed that crime. It could mean that the person is skirting around the issue of a crime that they did commit that's not related to this. And they just are trying very carefully not to stumble into, you know, admitting this other crime or, or giving up somebody else's name or whatever it might be. So the, the sign of deception that people will have 
doesn't necessarily go back onto the actual crime itself. Yeah, astute observation there is uh, you've obviously got some experience with interviewing people that way. And it's really good to hear that we've got somebody out there in the field who's doing that with that level of knowledge and experience. I've sat in interview rooms before and, you know, me and my partner and we walk out, whoever my partner is at the time, we walk out and they're like, yeah, that guy's lying. He did it. He did it. I said, yeah, he's lying, but I don't know whether he's lying about what actually happened or he's lying about something else that he doesn't want us to know about. Yeah. Good, and so good point. It, it matters. It really does. So what other UFO or paranormal experiences have you had personally? As far as uh, UFO, none other than that. I mean, I've I've seen lights in the sky and stuff like that. I, I well, vague lights I, in I the can't. sky aren't yeah. UFOs. No. Neil deGrasse Tyson completely <laughs> disinforms us when he gets on and does his spiel. You know, the term UFO is just never meant the literal interpretation of its acronym ever. So yeah, but what about other stuff? Well, I mean, I've I've had uh, like I said before, I, I've had what would be, I guess, religious experiences or, um, or metaphysical experiences, I hope. Uh, and w- what I mean by that is, is I just, just profound emotional experiences uh, at certain places or during certain things. So to say that uh, I have ever seen a ghost come up to me or witnessed a demon in some, inside of some, I mean, I've been to plenty of, uh, of, calls where emotionally disturbed people are are and their families are saying that they're possessed and they're behaving in a you know possession you know in a possessed way um and there's there's ways to work through that so i've i've been around a lot of that and i think the main thing is 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 those feelings and those experiences that i've had that are very profound i guess so what sort of experiences can you be more specific in terms yeah, of sure. phenomena? I'm not, try- I'm not trying to be. Uh, so the most profound experience I ever had was um, I was 19 years old and I was in uh, in the army and I was stationed up in Alaska and I was with a uh, uh, Arctic subarctic aquatic pararescue group. And we were in Kodiak, Alaska for three weeks doing training uh with helicopters going in and out of cold water and doing rescues. And it was a three week class. And during those uh, three weeks, uh, I would go up to the, there was a, uh, like a cultural or heritage center, like a, a little historical society that's there in Kodiak. And I would go up there because back then we didn't have, you know, the internet. So I couldn't just look stuff up. You actually had to read books, believe it or not. And so I would go up there and I would cipher through all their stuff. And I was learning all about, I didn't realize that the first whites that were in Alaska were Russian. And, you know, I'm just reading about that stuff, stuff I might've should have known from high school, but I I just didn't pay attention. So anyway, I was learning all this cultural stuff and learning about uh, Three Saints Bay, the first colony of Russians that came into Alaska, which was down south of uh, Kodiak. And I thought, you know, I really want to go to Three Saints Bay and see that. Let's tell you the story in our next segment. Greg, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hey! Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio would you like to to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from Natural Botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Thank you. 
This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I sure hate to have to interrupt long stories because of the law of the jungle in radio. Go ahead, Greg. That's no problem. So I was doing this research about uh, Alaska, and, and I was looking at Three Saints Bay and the first co- colony that uh, the Russians had, had had in Alaska. And it had lasted for a little less than 10 years, and a tsunami came in. There's probably an earthquake somewhere or whatever, and, and this big wave came in and wiped them out. Well, they relocated up to what is now Kodiak. Uh, but there's other areas. Old Harbor uh, is, is close to there, and there's an island called Kaladak Island. Uh, that's uh, just off the coast. And I was reading, and, and they have a, a location there uh, that's called Refuge Rock. And it's basically the wounded knee of Alaska. It was uh, um, uh, the indigenous population that was living there. They would go out onto Refuge Rock whenever they would get attacked by anyone. And there's no way that you can uh, can breach these cliffs. You know, you're up on this big flat area and then there's cliffs all the way around and you'd be able to defend yourself very well well they didn't understand gunpowder and cannon and when the russians came in to try to take them all as slaves they went to refuge rock and basically the russians bracketed uh, cannon fire in on them and and killed anywhere from 300 to 3,000 people and we know this because at the end of the 1700s a dutch explorer came in there a dutch sociologist actually came in there and uh, interviewed quite a few of the people that actually survived the massacre and were taken as slaves so he interviewed viewed these people and i thought man i really want to go to that because this is out in the middle of nowhere so when i got through with class uh that that Friday, um, I went to the airport there in um, Kodiak and got a, a, an Alaskan Uber uh, at that time. This was 1983, I think. And so an Alaskan Uber at that point was the least drunk guy at the airport would give you a ride in his plane, you know? Uh, I don't know. It's like I, I had... I had less than 200 bucks. I think I gave him 20 bucks or 30 bucks, something like that, to fly me over to Old, old Harbor. And landed there, got out, and I had to walk into town. It's a big muddy road going into town. You have all these big pine trees. You know, it's beautiful green. And I'm walking, and, and the the road kind of curves to the right, and I see this huge blue dome there. And it was a a Russian Orthodox church in Alaska, in the middle of nowhere, man. It was really, really interesting. So anyway, I go over there and I go check in at the Bates Motel. <laughs> it was a really bad motel. And then I uh, went down and I talked to some of the the fishermen that were down there, the guys on the boats asking, you know, who who's for hire and who will take me over there. Uh, to make a really long story uh, a little bit shorter, um, one guy agreed to, uh, to take me and drop me off close to where Refuge Rock was, and he was taking another group out to go actually fishing. So they, they were going to go out fishing and then come back and get me in eight hours when they came back. So they dropped me off on this little spit of land. Man, I, I was out there by myself in Alaska, nothing around, and I sat there and looked at that rock. It was about 300 yards off offshore. I was supposed to be there, and I was supposed to go there and I had been in the, in the water all, you know, for the last three weeks and I'm, I'm looking at, it. I didn't have my gear with me, but I'm looking at, it. I'm like, I can make it over there. So I, I started, you know, so it seemed like a good idea at the time. 
So I started going into the water and I'm going into the water and um, I was probably about 70, 80 yards out and I was getting up to my waist and I was looking around and it looked like there's like a road that was underwater that went all the way there. And I I just had this metaphysical experience that these things or whatever it was, was telling me I was supposed to be on that island. And I got scared and I turned around and I went back and I regretted it ever since, man. I I was like, I didn't, I didn't pass the test. I was supposed to go out there, you know? Yeah. That was like, we're just getting to the good part. I I know. The whole story is pretty cool, but I had no idea that kind of stuff went on up there. That is a really interesting story. Yeah. I, and and I get emotional even thinking about it and, and talking about it. And I'm thinking one day, maybe I'll, I'll end up back there somehow, but you can nowadays, um, you can go on Google uh, Google Earth and actually go and look at this thing. And there is a road, an underwater road that that is from the spit of, of sand all the way out to Refuge Rock. And if you look behind it on it, and I saw this and I, I was trying to put two and two together, but I, I didn't have that elevation uh, look on the whole thing. But it looked like to me that they had dug dirt and then carried it out into the water and and put it down in the water and actually built this little raised area all the way out to the island but nowadays you you it's a uh, it's a heritage site now and you can't even get on the island anymore you, it's completely illegal for you to go over there and all that stuff but you can see it on google earth it's pretty cool oh yeah well you might be able to get a permit or something maybe the tide was just up at the time or something and the, you know maybe yeah. a low tide it, it it was exposed or something no it that that was low tide that was oh. absolutely low tide but that that's how i'm assuming that they would get if they didn't have uh any kind of you know canoes or anything to get there uh that would be a really easy way to to go out and uh, go through there if you had the, the proper you know clothing on you could do it of course, like this feeling that you had, though, I mean, we're talking about a uh, very subjective feeling yes, of yeah. something that was going on. Excellent story. But have you had other experiences where some sort of uh, external phenomena seemed to materialize or present itself to you in some way? I have not. Nope. But you've talked would, to people who have, I assume. All the time. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I hope one day that it happens to me and you know, you have, you have the people that go, well, you're just not open to it. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of reasons why we see what we think we see. And, uh, yeah, you know, and, and you go to, I think it has a lot to do with locations because I mean I, I've I've traveled all over the place in the military I've I've gone to over forty countries uh, I think I I need to do another little count on and I think I have like fifty two countries and every country I've been to I've gone to at least one if not multiple uh, you know odd locations someplace that would lend itself to suggestion that paranormal activity would likely occur there for instance like you know if there's if there's a, a haunted location, well, Gettysburg is probably one of them. You know, the battlefield at Gettysburg or the, right. the pyramids of Giza or the, the Lizzie Borden house or, you know, something that where some sort of very tragic thing happened that would lend itself to what we believe is a ghost experience or, you know, a psychic impression or, or some sort of thing that would happen. So I've, I've been to a lot of those places and I've, I've had the, the strange feelings and, and that sort of thing but 
I, you know, I've, and there's been a couple of times where people were using spirit boxes and the spirit boxes said things that, you know, I, I run statistics in my head and go, wow, what are the odds of that spirit box answering that question? You know, who just came into the room? Randy. And Randy just walked in the room. How does that happen? You know, uh, but, you know, it's one of the, it's one, another one of those, I'm using air quotes, tools that paranormal investigators will use. And it's a, uh, it's an FM radio or an AM radio on perpetual scan. And it's just stopping every time it hits, you know, a, a, a strong frequency and it gives you a, you know, a millisecond of, of time for one word to come through and then it skips to the next one. I've taken them apart. I know how they're, they're made. That's completely random. That's kind of like a, a really cool magic eight ball. You know, it's an electronic magic eight ball. Just depends on what it lands on, what it's going to, the information it's going to give you. But, you know, there's been a couple of times where, you know, like Randy walks in the room and, you know, who just walked in the room and the thing says Randy. And that's just amazing. Well, yeah. And, and these are, this is the whole synchronicity of the thing. What we've got is a system that we understand perfectly well. And, within the belief system of afterlives itself should have no bearing on how the detection system is working because we've got two entirely separate uh, sets of phenomena that uh, philosophically and physically, if it is even a physical thing, and yet somehow there are these correlations that seem to happen in the world. Yeah. And things like that happen to me all the time. People will say things or a word will come forward uh, that I've never heard before. And then for the rest of the day, I hear it three more times. I'm like, where is this word coming from? Um, but well, you know what? Let's break. You know what? I have words, <laughs> many words. I could tell you words. No, those words are not allowed on commercial radio, but we have words from a few of our benefactors. And after you listen to them, You'll know why I have those words and what they're for. Greg Lawson, I don't know what I just said. Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Searching for a safe way to get rest you deserve, improve, and lift your mood? Relief for aches and pains? The answer 
HempFX, Uplift, Relax, Soothe. You are invited to a workshop free on Saturday, May 18th, 10.30 to 1.30 at Weston San Francisco Airport, 1 Old Bayshore Highway, Milbury, California. Contact Anna at 650-861-0606. That's 650-861-0606 or Donna Garland at Yahoo.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. As we've mentioned a couple of times, Greg, we have this supplementary show called After the Paracast, which is strictly to premium subscribers. Would you have time after this to continue? Um, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, it's going to continue. Randall, let's move on. Right. We were just talking about synchronicities and the way that we look at the kind of phenomena that appears to us and interpret it within our own inductive framework. So what we've got there is we've got, say, in, in the case of ghosts, for example, the traditional view is that what we're dealing with is some sort of continuity of personhood following the death of the body. If the phenomena seems to reflect that, then it's seen as evidence that that must be the case. So in other words, if an image of a person as an apparition appears in a ship on the Queen Mary in some church or haunted house, that can be correlated with a deceased person then the assumption is, well, that is the deceased person. But that really is a leap in logic, isn't it? Yeah. Most of the experiences that that I think are credible, I guess, are are pretty vague. Like, let's say the um, if you look up woman in white or lady in white, uh, you will come up with dozens and dozens of stories from multiple countries, multiple cultures. Uh, everybody has a woman in white. It's kind of like a, a crybaby bridge. You know, I thought crybaby bridge was just in Rockdale, Texas. Well, it's not. There's crybaby bridges all over the place. You look at the location, you know, does it lend itself to paranormal thing? Was it was there some sort of event that happened there? Where are we getting this information? Are these witnesses or is this just lore? Uh, and then trying to make some sort of explanation out of that. And the problem is there's a lot of people, and like I said, you have true believers on one side, you have cynics way on the other side, and you have skeptics floating around between those two. And the skeptics are trying to be responsible about what their interpretation is. Well, at least well, some skeptics are. Well, I mean, some, we, yeah. we got well, to that before the show a little bit, and, and you know, there are some that are just more like you called yeah. them cynics where oh, yeah. it's just like uh, you know they're not even open to it they put their fingers in their ears look the other way and don't even want to hear anything about it they've hijacked the word skeptic and and they're the same people that said the world was flat 
all these years as the world was flat people start talking about the world being round and the sun you know we're circling the sun the sun isn't circling us and they what they do they killed them they burned them at the stake they hung them they tortured them they did all this stuff and you know because it's against what i believe well because of course the world can't be spherical because we're supposed to spread the word of god to the four corners of the earth and if how can the earth be round and have four corners at the same time. Well, God is right, and the scriptures must be right. Therefore, you're wrong, and uh, we've got a place for you in the dungeons. Uh, come right this yeah. way. And there's cynics in every group. There are uh, ghost hunters that roll their eyes at ufologists. There's ufologists that roll their eyes at religious teachers. There's religious teachers that make fun of wh- whatever. The point is, is, is getting as much information as you can. Uh, whether that's through like physical objects, locations, people, uh, and what the experience actually was. And then there's only three things that you can do out of that. You can either say that it is, say that it isn't, or say, I don't know. You know, so if you have physical evidence, for, for instance, there's a closed room. There's only one door to it. Two people walk in that room. One person comes out. You go in the room and the other person that remained in the room is chopped into 20 pieces and there's blood spattered everywhere. I know who committed this crime unless, you know, there's some otherworldly thing that came in there. The dude that just went in with the guy and then left with the guy, nobody else was in there. So I know who committed this crime. So I can say founded, uh, you committed the murder. Well, I mean, at least we've got a prime suspect. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. But then who knows? I mean, maybe further investigation might reveal that as strange as it seems, you know, he's innocent because strange things do happen in the world. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing about this as weird and wacky as some of these experiences that people describe are. And this is my opinion. I'll call it a belief. I'm going to use that word belief and say I believe that they are having genuine experiences. I'm not sure exactly what the cause of them is, but I really do think that not everybody is just making up a story or spinning a yarn to impress somebody. Exactly. And and let me give an example of what you just said. Um, in my experience, I was 16 years old and I was an assistant manager at Pizza Hut. I know, don't be jealous or anything. Don't be haters out there. I was the man. I was working at Pizza Hut and there was this girl that was probably 20, 21 years old. She came in for a, a job interview and she was cute. So I immediately hired her, you know, because that's what <laughs> that's what a 16 year old is going to do. And so I hired this chick and she was a great waitress. And, uh, and one day I was standing between the ovens and the prep table and she comes walking out of the dining area past the cash register to me and her eyes were huge. And she had this terrified look on her face, grimacing, right? And she's got a hold of her little notepad and her pencil and she comes up to me and this was pre um, poltergeist. And she comes up to me and she says, they're here and start shaking and grabs a hold of my hands right and then she wow. goes yeah she <laughs> okay. gets she gets completely catatonic rigid as a as a 2 by 4 right uh-huh. and she's shaking i'm trying to get her to come into the back with me because you know the the guests out there are watching this go on and she won't move a, an inch i can't get her to move at all she's completely locked up she's got this big grimace on her face and and it's it was crazy wow and i looked down and she is urinating all over herself oh uh, yeah 
And so what seemed to be five minutes, 10 minutes, something like that was probably only a minute and a half, two minutes. Finally, she starts relaxing a little bit. And I said, come on, come on to the back, come on to the back. So she walks to the back and I sit her down at the little break table and I go back out and I clean up the mess and I go back and I talk to her and she's smoking a cigarette that was in the eighties. So you could smoke inside restaurants and stuff. And so she's back there smoking a cigarette and I'm like, are are you okay? What's going on? And, And she told me the story. And the story is since she was a little girl, the aliens come and get her. Doesn't matter where she is. They come down. They seize her, they take her on the spaceship, and they do all kinds of horrific experiments on her and then put her back in her body. Wow. That's not what she was saying was happening to her at the time she was having this experience. Yeah. Oh, so so maybe some sort of epileptic seizure or something. Well, her belief was that she was either in two places at one time or it was a time travel kind of thing or something like that. After this happened a couple of more times, my general manager said, hey, send her to the hospital. We'll pay for the, you know, the bill. Let's find out what's going on because she didn't have any insurance or anything. So she went to the hospital and they did a CT scan on her and it came back that she's got this big scar on her brain and they diagnosed her epileptic or just exactly what you said. Right. Here's my question. Did the epilepsy cause her to have delusions and hallucinations of abductions and torturous experience or are the torturous experiences causing the scar on her brain right like if this scar on her brain was well what was the cause of the scar on her brain did they determine that no what if it was one of these things where the aliens come down and they stick some sort of probe up into her brain? The memories she's having are real and what she's doing is just reliving them, having some kind of flashback. Yep. I think in a conventional sense, everybody can sit down and agree and go, okay, we need to treat her for epilepsy. You don't automatically go to the paranormal. Right. That's something that I always say, you know, it's the orb is not always a demon. The orb might be what naturally occurring physical objects will you know it will happen you'll get digital artifacts off of all kinds of things that are floating around in the air and we eliminate the normal first before we go to the paranormal once you eliminate all the normal then you have something else and that would be interpreted either paranormal or just what i said something else you know somebody has a k2 meter in their hand and they're asking the k2 meter questions to communicate with the spirits Okay, Gene, Randall, Greg, you're in. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. 
Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. Compliment your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-506-6740. 800-506-6740. That's 800-506-6740. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 31st to June 3rd for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, and UFO sightings. More than 100 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts like Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howe, Eric Von Doniken, Doc Wallach, and so many more. Get your tickets today at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're back with Greg Lawson, and we can just be flies in the wall and let him talk. Go ahead, please. (laughs) Okay. So I've, I've been on plenty of investigations where people have had a K2 meter in their hand and they're asking it questions and they're, they're asking the spirits to uh, either make the, you know, the light light up green or red for yes or no or whatever it might be. And, and this stuff is, is going back and forth and they're, they're talking to this K2 meter or they're talking to the spirit. And, you know, I reach over and go, hey, put your put your cell phone on airplane mode. 
and they put their cell phone in airplane mode, and all of a sudden the ghost runs away. <laughs> it's like they're not communicating with it because the the K two meter is not picking up on the the GPS ping that the cell phone is throwing out there. And responsible investigation. And don't get me wrong, I I don't want facts to get in the way of a good story. I love a good story, but if you want me to believe. What's happening? We need to eliminate all the naturally occurring stuff. Absolutely. Something I wanted to mention back when you were talking about, you know, your different possibilities in terms of an investigation, it either happened or it didn't happen. And another one that I would like to add in there and get your opinion on is that one of the things that I like to do when I'm looking at these various possibilities is could it possibly happen? Is it possible in the first place to even have that particular thing happen? That whatever the phenomenon is or whatever the incident is, because if it's not, then you're going to be able to get some idea of whether or not it is true or whether or not it's being looked at in the right context. Yes, and and you had mentioned something uh, earlier. Uh, you know, it's a very could be a very subjective view, and as opposed to an objective view. If you're if you're going to go in as an investigator, that's what I try to do. I go in as a professional investigator, and I, I've worked with those cops that they walk in and they're like, "Yeah, you see that guy over there? I know he's guilty." It's like, "Oh my God, how do you know that?" When I was working child abuse. Um, we put together prosecution packets, and on the top of the prosecution packet, it would have the charge and the case number and a picture of the suspect, right? And every time I had, uh, uh, um, we would go and have other people peer review our our investigation. You'd hand them this prosecution packet, and they would inadvertently always say something about the picture, right? They'd see the, sure. oh yeah, that guy's a child molester. Look at him. Yeah. Look at his eyes. <laughs> Look at his. You know? Yeah, And so, you know what I started doing? I, I started uh, getting the old ID photos of our agency with the old uh, cops that used to work for us. And I would put a, you know, a, a throw down photo of one of the old cops that worked for us on there. <laughs> and, and they would do the yeah. same thing to the uh, cop. They'd go, oh, look at this guy. Look at that guy. You know, he's a child molester. And I'm just thinking, wow. <laughs> Yeah, and then phone him up and say, hey, buddy, what? you wouldn't believe what we had happen. I know. It's just hilarious. Yeah. It's just like, okay, all of you people are wrong. All of you. So when you go into something with a subjective idea, I give the example of when you're conducting a ghost investigation, are you going in to try to prove that there was a ghost? Or are you trying to figure out what this person saw? Exactly. You know, there's a, there's a completely different perspective on that kind of investigation. So, being an investigator, you need to have unregulated suspicion on everything. You need to do that because you need to anything that throws a red flag up, you need to take a look at it and eliminate it or include it, something like that. You need to have that morbid curiosity in what happened here and try to hone your keen observations. My wife makes fun of me all the time because I turn off, man. When I'm not at work, I turn off and I don't pay attention to much of anything unless, 
you know, we go into a restaurant or we're going into a store or something like that. I kind of get a little heightened sense of space and things like that, just because I don't want anything bad to happen. On the normal time, you know, she's like, really? You're the paranormal detective? Really? <laughs> you couldn't figure this out? You know, whether it's a grocery list or, you know, I need gas in the car or something. I don't know. But it, it's it's really important that that when you're on, that you switch on. You have these keen ability to observe what's going on. And skilled communications, because people can tell you something, and that's not what they meant. So it's really important that you go back in, and after they tell you a story, that you dissect that story and break it down, and then repeat back to them. So from what you told me, it's my understanding that this is what happened, and you go back through it, and they'll correct you on several different things. So, you know, I mean, there's just so many different facets of this, and people think that well, I have. I speak English. You speak English. You should understand what I mean. Yeah, it's not like that at all. Oh, yeah. If it was only that simple. I know. Well, here's an example of what I'm saying about just is it possible, for example. And, you know, I'll get criticized quite often for, well, scientists used to say this was impossible. And now that it is, I'm not talking about that. For example, well, you were talking about pizza earlier. Well, you know, some years ago, I used to be a pizza delivery person. Okay. Yeah. So. After a few prank calls, one of the things that I started to do was make sure I verified that the location I was supposed to deliver the pizza to actually existed because there was a number of times I ended up in an empty parking lot in the middle of no place, you know? Okay. So if somebody reports that something happened, I had this experience and here as it was, and then you say, well, where did it happen? And they give you some address or place. Well, can you actually go there? Does this place actually exist? Just right. simply that, or yep. w- was the person who, and being a, a crime investigator, was your suspect at the location when the crime happened, or were they on a flight to Amsterdam? Right. So, you know, right. and obviously yeah. if they were on an airplane, when the crime actually happened, it cannot be the suspect. It's impossible. Right. Yep. So, yep. I mean, just simple things like that. People need to be able to look at use a process of critical thinking and in some of these topics it gets quite complex so like afterlives we we were talking about that well is it even possible for a personhood to survive the death of the body well you you can use very similar uh, ways of looking at that question to arrive at well at least in my view that no it's not really possible and you'll have the people that will argue as far as the, you know, transference of energy, you know, energy is not created or, or matter is not created or it's destroyed, it's just transferred in some way. And you'll have a lot of spiritualists that will rely on that particular uh, Or quantum you know, woo or, yeah. or religion or a whole sure. bunch of other things that what we talked about earlier rely on inductive reasoning and their particular paradigm that comes usually from some sort of socialization. Yeah, their belief or their faith on on what, you know, a, a Catholic's faith. I mean, that's that's a huge deal because without faith, you're you're not you're not going to believe any of the craziness that could come out of any religion. You know, there's some crazy stuff in all of this information. You have you have to classify it. I, information there's multiple ways that you can classify it, but typically for for provable information, you know, you're going to have relevant related information that could be any information or testimony or evidence that's actually related to whatever the described phenomenon is. Break time. 
Okay, I have to break something next time. Maybe I'll break a pen or something. So it sounds like a break. No, it doesn't. Greg, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The National Weather Service in New Orleans is warning of life-threatening flash flooding Sunday as heavy rains pound Louisiana, Texas, and Mississippi. Areas can expect between 2 to 4 inches of rain and some parts locally could see up to 6 inches of rain. National Weather Service meteorologist Charles Ressler with some reminders. Don't drive through high water. It's, it's very difficult to determine the depth of the water at night, and so just exercise some common, common sense. Acting Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan was in McAllen, Texas on Saturday, and he says he intends to accelerate the plan to secure the border without the Pentagon's continuous help. Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council, says the only reason the Pentagon has to step in is because... Congress isn't doing their job. The president is left to use his authorities to actually look at ways that he can solve a crisis. Judd was speaking on Fox News, and you're listening to USA Radio News. Hey guys, your prostate should be the last thing on your mind. But the fact is, the older you get, the more likely you'll have prostate problems, which can affect your everyday life. That's where Prostate Complete by Real Health comes in. Prostate Complete is the result of 20 years of experience as a leader in men's health. The powerful formula in Prostate Complete supports natural prostate function and reduced urinary urges for a better quality of life. Available at Walmart, visit prostateoneperday.com for special offers. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. 
you could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. <laughs> I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. No, I'm not going to break anything when we have a station break because people who subscribe to the Paracast Plus or they hear the After the Paracast podcast do not hear these breaks. Let's continue. Randall? Right. You were talking about related information that's somewhat tangential to the situation. Right. Yeah. Whenever you're classifying information, it's it's either relevant and related to whatever the phenomenon is or it's relevant and it's unrelated, it could be com- something completely different, information, testimony, evidence that's, that cannot be specifically attributed to the phenomenon. And then you have information that's not relevant. You just don't even include it. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It goes in the trash basket. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Out of all of this uh, stuff, and this is something uh, um, I tend to ask guests who are involved in the paranormal, especially investigating it. So we've got all these different facets of the paranormal. And you being um, an investigator, you're going to be inclined, I'm assuming here, to see patterns between things, various, maybe seemingly unconnected things. But it seems to me that there are a lot of commonalities between the various kinds of phenomena and the kind of evidence that allows us to have yeah and and to me it kind of points to like maybe there's one sort of overarching control mechanism or cause or something like that have you have you thought about that much sure yeah and so you could be referring to the matrix you could be referring to just uh you know a, a deity of some sort that's already you know woven the skein of our lives and it's just you know we're just on this path and it's it's already set and there's nothing i can do about it it's a complete illusion of of free will but i know a couple of things for sure one is that i am blind And when I say that, I want everybody to think about this. My eyes are not the windows to the universe. My eyes are biological functioning organisms that, um, or organs that pick up uh, electromagnetic spectrum that's being reflected off of the things around me. And it's going picked up by nerves and it's being transported by electrical and and chemical means to the back of my brain. And then I'm having to reconstruct this on what I believe I see. That is truth. I'm not really seeing what's in front of me. My brain is creating 
what I see. So right. it's kind of like we're uh, talking like Plato's cave here. <laughs> yeah, it's, right? it's a little in philosoph- yeah. philosophical terms. That, Absolutely. Know. And and I I'm, I use the uh, the the computer desktop as an example. Um, the icons on your computer desktop is not your computer. You think it is. I'm looking at you know a, a Word document, and I'm manipulating that Word document and putting my words on it and saving it and putting it in a file. That's not what's really happening in the computer. Some other stuff is happening in the computer, and that is my interface for this information to be processed in an organized way that a human can process it. But that's not really what it is. So I take it take it for granted that the green I see is the same green that you see, and the black I see is the same black, and, and the cars that I see and everything are all the same. And that's how we navigate our world. But we truly are. We don't have a lens that we see the world through. Our brain has to recreate that. And so it goes back to what you were just saying. Is there something else? Is this desk really real? I know I'm talking to you, but is the microphone that I'm talking through really look the way it looks? Now, there's a lot of, I have friends of mine that I have a huge amount of respect for. Uh, they were raised by great God-fearing people. They, they uh, went to school. They listened to what their parents said. They listened to what their teachers told them. Uh, they, they believed the, uh, you know, the, the model uh, archetype uh, or whatever you want to call it of uh, you grow up, you go to school, you graduate, you find you a woman, you get married, you have kids, you have a job, uh, you go to church. And you know what? That's a great life. And it can be a very good life if you follow those rules. I am not one of those people. And I have a huge amount of respect for the people that that do that and don't don't try to control others. But you and, like to think and, for yourself a little yeah, more, right? It and, sounds and, like to me. And and they'll look at the world and just say, no, this is the world. This is how things are. This is what it is. And maybe that is. Maybe there's nothing more to any of this than Big Bang. Stuff flew everywhere, you know, gathered up, grew some moss on it. You know, an organism came out of the out of the sea and grew an eyeball and decided to walk around. And, and here we are. Well, <laughs> yeah. the evolution seems to be... <laughs> Pretty well established. So, well, yeah, yeah, but I, what I mean is, is that it, it's amazing that there's a certain level of evolution to where it's true believer syndrome. Because I'm just not smart enough. I'm not contemplative enough to sit there and go, "How in the world do two atoms get together and decide to, you know, to make us, or you know, two things get together?" And then you, you form a cell, and that cell becomes a multi-cell, and then pretty soon it gets big enough to where it like wants to move itself around, and then it wants to grow an eye to see what's going on. And and I know it's not that simple, but it's pretty amazing. And, and oh when, yeah, it, and it's existence, and we yeah. don't know. Yeah. Well, the nature of existence itself is still a mystery, so we don't know that it's as much of a mystery as is consciousness. Oh yeah. So so we're not really sure what this realm is and how it is that we have our personal subjective experiences in it. We just know that we do. Right. And you know it, it's nice to have a foundation. I go, you know what? Nothing else really makes sense to me and I believe this is what's going on. And you go you stand on that platform and you go I, I think this is good as long as you're not, you know, 
trying to control other populations, uh, then you should be able to have whatever opinion you have, you know, as long as it's sound judgment and, and, and what you, you sound believe like a very uh, peaceful anarchist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm, right. I'm and somewhat in the same, uh, same category. Yeah. People ask me, yeah. Uh, so are you a Democrat or Republican? And I'm like, you know what? I, uh, my political philosophy is communist libertarianism. <laughs> Go figure that out. <laughs> Well, you use this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, Greg, use the C word. (laughs) People are going to freak out with the C word, just like the S word for socialism. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna write all kinds of bad things about me. That's Uh, right. But now, you know, when it when it comes to uh, animal rights, you know, torture and 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 torturing children and old people, man. Don't do it in my, you know, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be all over that. And, uh, uh, but on the other side, it's none of your business, what anybody's doing in their personal time, none of your business. So, well, I'm up here in okay. Canada and we're a little more socialist up here. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I tend to think that, uh, I, I don't mind the idea of people getting together to help one another in some way, shape or form. And it doesn't have to become a, you know, a, a dirty word to anybody, but there's, there are some people who really get upset about the idea that, uh, we should be somewhat, uh, compassionate and, and even maybe responsible for our fellow man. And, yeah, you know, I'm just not an Ayn Randian believer. Sorry. I, that, that's not me. Right. I'm, I'm they, not, they, it, but it, it's, it, it all comes from perceptions and it all comes from how you were raised and, you know, I mean, the whole nature nurture debate and, and, uh, and your belief systems. And, uh, and, and that, that gets down to where you have to cut that stuff out when you're doing an investigation and try to figure out, you know, how, how do you isolate paranormal incidents? How do you remove everything else from the anomaly that happened and then study that particular anomaly? It's very, very difficult. Well, you know, I, it's difficult. When I, what's uh, difficult? Here we go. What's difficult? They're waiting for this segue. What's difficult uh, is not doing this break. That's it. <laughs> Randall, Gene, and Greg, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny because they haven't chosen to take the first step towards the life they've always dreamed of. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Start small or dream big. Work part-time or full-time. You choose the pace. Just visit startlivingyoung.com. That's startlivingyoung.com. And click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health products company that spent five years on the Inc. 5,000 fastest-growing private companies in America list with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to thrive and succeed. And you'll be blown away by how little it takes to get started. Visit StartLivingYoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab at the top of the page. 2019 will be the year your new life begins. Your destiny awaits at StartLivingYoung.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. In our previous segment, Randall thought I was going to have some fancy, wacky, wild segue, and I decided no. One more segment with Greg Lawson. What are we going to talk about this time? We were just asking, how do we go about doing those kinds of investigations? And I was going to say two words, critical thinking. Of course. Yeah. But, but the other thing I want to ask you here is, you know, sometimes we find people with fake credentials and stuff like that. Like a couple of weeks ago, we had somebody who was genuine, a guy named Tim Swartz. Don't know if you know him. 
he won several Emmys for production, videography, etc. As soon as they heard the show, and he mentioned a few of them, people were all over it, not asking about what he said. What about those Emmys? Of course, he had to run a few pictures of them then in the discussion. But you see what I mean? You have people coming to you, telling you tall tales, and how do you separate those from the real stuff or the apparently real stuff? Right. So I have people doing that to me all the time. <laughs> I don't, I'm at that age where it's, you do whatever you want to do, say whatever you want to say. It's, it's, uh, it's not going to affect me on what I'm trying to do. I, I try to use an interdisciplinary approach to the way I do things and the way I think. Like I said, being a normal American kid, being raised Catholic, being in the Army, and then being in the Navy. For I, I did four years in the Army, and then I came did four years in law enforcement, then I did four years in the Navy, and then I did law enforcement, uh, and then did uh, two years uh, reserves in the Air Force. And so I have... Uh, a multidisciplinary perspective on the military and how things are organized and how things are investigated. And also from a law enforcement standpoint of how can I bring law enforcement techniques in investigation to the paranormal? And that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm trying to increase people's knowledge in it. You know, I, I thought a few years ago, I was like, how how can I do this? How can I influence this a little bit better? You You watch some of the paranormal shows and you go, yeah, that is not how you do an investigation. <laughs> it's really entertaining uh, to watch this, but that is not an investigation. And I, I come to find that competency isn't something that is really wanted a lot of times in paranormal investigation. You bring competency or you bring what you said, critical thinking into it, then everybody gets mad and everybody starts throwing a fit and, and, and yeah. disparaging everybody. And especially if you're a disciplinarian, if, you, if you're just stuck into one thing, that's all you're going to look at. Right. You brought up, what if there's multiple things? Well, what, what there's multiple things going on. I love talking with Rosemary Ellen Guiley. She's, she's awesome as far as uh, just her perspective. And she can bring up stuff that, I mean, I'd never even thought of. She's done a lot of study on the gin. And that's, uh, you know, basically a spirit uh, from the Islamic faith um, that's not really a, an angel, it's not really a demon, you know, it's a, it's a genie, a jinn. And they don't particularly care for humans, and they, they're kind of tricksters, and they, they do screwy things with us. Uh, it would make sense that if, a, a, if there were jinn and they're around, um, and you believed very strongly in aliens, maybe they might project themselves as an alien and to, to one person and project themselves as a spirit to another and as a demon to another and and so on and so forth so we don't know really what's going on past the veil of fog that we're trying to look through um, but the only way that we can do any of this is to try to figure out a way that we can organize it and 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 collect this information so we can make an informed decision. When, when we were talking earlier about isolating a paranormal incident, we're talking about recording a number of paranormal incidents that happen, let's say, at a particular place. What are the events? Because you can you have locations where people say, yeah, I saw an orb. No, I saw a, you know, a full apparition. I saw something move. I saw, you know, all these different 
things that that it could be a partial or a glow or a mist or an orb or a shadow or or you know temperature changes and and i felt something scratch me and i i have an intuition or a gut instinct of something's here something's looking at me it, it would be a lot more interesting if you went to a location and everybody all all 30 people that went through that in 30 days all saw orbs or all saw just this glowing mist or all saw or all got scratched you know that that would provide some consistency but that's not how it works and so it kind of falls back on what you said maybe there's multiple things maybe there's something something there that's trying to trick us maybe we're trying to trick ourselves you know our, our, our brain is trying to make sense of life and these things are just coming up i always pay attention or I try to always pay attention to anything unusual. You know, you have type one and type two misinterpretations or, 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 uh, I forget what it's called. It's a uh, uh, type one or type two. It's basically you're misinterpreting something. So a type one of this is, um, I'm walking by a bush and the bush rustles and I pull my gun out and I cover the bush and find out that it's just a wind blowing the bush. And I go, okay, that's no problem. I put my gun away and I keep going. Or I go by the bush and it rustles and I go, ah, it's just the wind. And a tiger jumps out and eats my face off. So it's it's much better to have the type one than the type two. Oh, it's, right. Where there's consequences to being wrong. Yeah. Of course, you, you don't want to be paranoid out of your mind. You know, my example, pulling your gun on every freaking noise that's out there like you see in some shows. <laughs> right, know? but uh, if there are serious consequences to being wrong, I mean, then you need to take that into account. You do. So yes. that you, because there's more at stake. Yes. Yep. So, so we, we're starting to get towards the end of the segment here. Maybe uh, tell us and our listeners a little bit about what you're currently working on and if you've got any other talks or uh, convention appearances coming up, that sort of thing. Right now, I'm working on a book. It should come out uh, at the end of May, uh, How to Be a Paranormal Detective. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I, I've taken a lot of law enforcement stuff, and I've taken a lot of uh, parapsychology and, and um, you know, metaphysical aspects to how do you do a competent investigation. So that, that book could be coming out. I'm, working on, I'm currently working on a book right now that people keep asking me about my experiences. What kind of experiences have you had? You know, have you ever seen anything? Have you ever, you know, done something other than just be there and have a gut instinct or, or some sort of feel? And so I, I decided I'd go ahead and write a book about just the, the paranormal uh, places I've been and my experiences there. Uh, I think my next talk is going to be in Michigan. I'm going to be at Michigan Paracon in August. And that should be pretty cool. Michigan Paracon is, is one of the best uh, shows I do all year. I did uh, a lot of events last year, and I think I'm only doing about 10 events this year. Uh, where do we find more of your stuff? Uh, you can go to my website. It's www.theparanormaldetective.com or authorgreglawson.com. As they say in the James Bond movies, Greg Lawson will be back on After the Powercast this weekend. We'll tell you in a moment how to get a subscription. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter, where we are known as the Paracast. You can also check the Paracast on Facebook, where we have a group and a community. And you can check the Paracast Plus, which is the best way to support the show. And we offer special version of the show enhanced audio 
free of the network ads, partly in response to the people on YouTube who say, too many ads, too many ads, but that's network radio. That's how the system works. So we offer that version. We also offer the After the Paracast podcast. The After the Paracast podcast is interesting because you never know what's going to happen next. We, of course, have special feature now with William Puckett, a prominent UFO investigator, of course, an atmospheric scientist, so he knows the fake from the real, etc., etc. And he does a segment just about every week, 10, 15-minute segment on the latest, very latest UFO sightings. That's William Puckett. Only on the After the Powercast show, we also continue interviews started on this show, as we're doing with Greg this week, and as we did with Brooks last week, It really, really gets fascinating, the things we can go into. To learn more about the Paracast Plus, check out plus.theparacast.com. Once again, that's plus.theparacast.com. So, Greg Lawson, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>